Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, June 22, 2022. That was a bit of a tongue twister. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, they did one of the numbers that was, as of yesterday, considered unfinished business. So that's finished. It was 377.45. They went a little bit higher. They almost got to the next important spot, and they didn't. They ended up selling off. So what do we have in front of us? What does the chart look like? What's developing? We're going to look at it from a couple of different angles tonight. We're going to look at the bull case. We're going to look at the bear case. And then what we'll do is we'll provide numbers which solidifies one case or the other. Why do we do that? Because we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. In order to be an effective analyst of the market, of the charts, you have to be able to see both cases. What triggers the bear case? What triggers the bull case? What keeps the market in a range? These are all the things that we need to know day in and day out. So those people who say, all I say is the market could go up, the market could go down, those are simply the people that can't see the forest through the trees. You have a difficult time understanding that I'm teaching you how to read the market, how the market works. You want to be given a fish, I'm teaching you how to fish. I'm giving you the rod, I'm giving you the bait, I'm giving you the location of where the fish are, in the lake. All right, let's get back to the charts. We're going to do our assessment of the daily chart and we'll move up and down from there. The market's in a downtrend. The trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. Can we get a better bounce out of the market? Eventually, one will come in. Eventually, there will be a spark, a squeeze, and another leg higher. Let's make no mistake about it. Over time, the market will still work lower. We have no good low in place. We have no high volume capitulation, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Even though we have tons of stocks down a ton, there's been no capitulation. There's been no high volume. We need the market to indicate to us that it's making a low. She's done no such thing yet. That means we're in for more bouncing around, some rallies, some more dips. But until that final washout, we're not looking for a longer-term low. We're just looking for some tradable situations. We hit the important 365. They're bouncing a little bit away from it. That's garden variety market behavior. When they hit important numbers, they tend to react from those numbers. Whether it's up or down, they have a reaction. We're having the reaction from 365. It tells us that number was certainly important. What if they come right back down, start getting below 365, the gate opens again for lower prices, they'll flip the trap door open, and we'll begin talking about lower numbers. As such, our bogey on the downside remains 365, but what if the market's doing One of these deals where it's eating some time off the clock, building some energy for another move higher. What would it be trying to do 
in a sense, get through on that move higher. What is the stopping point? Where is the market finding resistance right now and why? Well, when you look at the daily chart of the SPY, we filled a gap today. That was basically a target. It was unfinished business yesterday. They filled the gap today and they reacted back down away from that gap, but they didn't collapse. That's normal garden variety market behavior. But there's something else. Sometimes we need to look away from the SPY to find out what they're actually doing. Here's a daily chart of the futures contract, the ES contract, and it gives a slightly different look. The reason I want to bring this up is because it goes back to something we always discuss, which are these breakdown and breakup candles. So the most recent breakdown candle has a high of 38.33. So what the market has been doing over the last couple of days, it's been creeping up the breakdown candle. Now on the SPY chart, we say it's creeping up to fill the gap. On this chart, they're creeping up to run a test of a breakdown candle high, or at least in the neighborhood. It's essentially the same thing using different stuff, same concept, different charts, different look. So here, if the futures get above 38.33, they're gonna do what? They're gonna try and work their way up to the next breakdown candle high. You go back to the SPY, and you don't have the same stuff that you have on the futures contract, which is why I use both, which is why some of the numbers intraday are drawn from both. It could be a combination of both. And here's a hint. It's part and parcel to the reason why some of you pull your hair out trying to figure out where the numbers are coming from. I use a whole bucket of stuff, most of which you're not thinking about. Here's an hourly chart. Let's have another discussion about unfinished business. In this case, what is the unfinished business? Well, look at the high of day today, 378.72. Where were they going? They were going to fill a gap at 379.19, 379.20. They came up slightly short and sold away. However, when you look at the big picture, what are they doing here? They're essentially just eating time off the clock, going back and forth in a bullish flagish type of formation. Here's your flagpole, and here's your flag in this oval area. Is the unfinished business up at 379.20 the same tomorrow as it would have been today? And the answer is no, it's not. They came up short, sold away. If they go back, are they likely to go higher or stop at the same number and turn around? Well, here's the way I look at it. They had an opportunity to hit it today. They made a choice. There are no accidents or coincidences. The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew showed up. They came up short, sent the market back down. If they're headed back up in that direction tomorrow or beyond, they're likely headed for a different destination, not the same one that they came up short of today. Could be, but it's likely not. Inside the number members will certainly have those numbers at their disposal, at their fingertips, First thing at zero dark 30 in the morning. Let's have a discussion about a couple of other things that are going on. We're going to look at this from my perspective. So yesterday the market gaps up, goes sideways. They're putting in another one of these flag patterns that generally goes higher in the end. However, this morning 
They pull the rug out. They run a test of what? 370, 371. 371 was that area we talked about at length yesterday. We talked about it all last week. They needed to break out above 371. They did it yesterday. They recaptured it on the downside this morning, but immediately recovered. That's running a test of the former breakout area. Didn't we talk about that last night? And the answer is, you betcha. And we'll get to this later from an inside-the-number perspective. I was looking for lower this morning to buy the market for the same recovery that we saw. I was anticipating, even last night making the video, that they could possibly run a test of the same breakout area. You wake up this morning, they're running the test, and they're already down in the pre-market doing some of this lower stuff down near the gap. That's what I wanted to buy. I can't buy it before they hit the gap in the regular session because the gap is sitting there right underneath price. It now is also unfinished business. This morning in the first hourly candle, you see what happened. They immediately bought the market right up. They went straight up for an hour. They had pretty decent volume above the average volume for an hourly candle. That shows us there was some participation, some real participation rather than fake participation. And the market stayed above that breakout or 371 area all day long. So she's still bullish above 371. Where the umpire calling balls and strikes. So you can see this a mile away. You get below today's low at 370.18, and immediately the door opens to go fill the gap, 368, maybe lower down to 366, 365 even. That's a real-time, inside-the-numbers type of thing. Speaking of which, let's check out the commentary, then we'll circle back to stocks on the move. So, it's hump day already, wake up to big red. They were down a lot in the overnight session. Below 371, which is the bear slash failure case. We know one thing for sure. 371 is our pivot. Below is the same as yesterday. If below, the door opens for 369 and likely 368. The thieves in the pre-market did all that already. They can do it again after the opening bell, or they don't have to. It's up to them. Below 368 on candle closes will be a real-time type of posting formation. Back above 371 on candle closes is the bull slash recapture case to restart the engine for another trip up north. So think about this for a moment. This is written at zero dark 30. If they're down below 371, I'm looking for 368, give or take. If they're back above 371, what I'm saying is, then they already ran a test and they're restarting the engine for the bull case back up north. That's precisely what happened. This is your tour guide information. Let's continue on, see what we have as the day starts to get underway. So 8.30, let me go through hashtag my thinking along with what the trade concept is. We have a recapture of an important spot. That's on the downside of the time. That's bearish. Are they going to make new lows right now? Or is this a shakeout operation of the weak hands and the Johnny-come-latelys? 
until proven otherwise, I'm in the latter camp, which begs the question, what do we do and where? The latter camp was, it's the shakeout operation camp. Again, this is a half an hour to an hour before the market even opens. What do we have and where? They should run a test. They didn't do it, but in my estimation, they should have run a test of 368 at least. They could go all the way down to another number. We didn't need that. It creates a zone between a spike of 368 and 365.85 where traders can take a long position for a move back up in the other direction. The concept would be at least to fight back to 371. Getting over it's a different story. And you can read the rest on your own. We know the story. They didn't get all the way down to my number. They took off right at the opening bell. The pajama jockeys took hold of the market and they ripped it higher. I say that tongue in cheek. It's not the pajama jockeys. Let's move along, see what else we have as the day gets underway. We'll let them get going. They may even run a test at 371, which they actually did right near the opening bell. So what happens? Well, we have to immediately look higher. If they're popping the market up, where are they going? 372.35. It's magnetic, overhead resistance, closing candles above begins another or another phase of the rescue operation. Now, here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. The horizontal line represents 372.35. So you can see what happened. Right after the opening bell, they pretty much ran up there. They were summarily rejected. And when I say rejected, keep in mind we're looking at a five-minute chart. They just ran up there. They made a test. They pulled back. But once they kept going and they started closing candles up there, that was it. That was the last time they took a look at 372.35. Nice trade on DVN. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. Immediately, we have 378.18, low of day, lying in the sand. This is when they took off. And you don't know if they're going to come back at the time. But just in case they do, that was the number that begins to open the door for the lower stuff. And right now, 372.35 is the other side and the bull pivot, as we can call it. Another nice trade on COP. Again, we'll circle back. Here we go. Closing candles above the pivot, or 372.35, is the start of the rescue operation still. If a real rescue takes hold and they start pushing above, the next place is a run for 374, give or take, then 375 all over again, from yesterday. Back to the chart, the line has been moved to 375, and you see they got above, came back to double check. Got above, came back to double check, and closed below at the end of the day. That's interesting. It reaffirms the importance of 375. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. I'm going to scroll forward. I urge you to pause the video, read the notes, double check the work, go back to the chart, and double check what's written here. See if it makes any sense. 1018. Remember, 377.45 from yesterday. It's back on the table above 375. And there you have it. The top horizontal line is at 377.45. That was the unfinished business. They ran the test. They couldn't get above it in the morning other than for a couple of minutes. They pulled right back to 375, made another run in the afternoon. Started going to the next place we talked about before, the gap, 
They came up short on purpose, pulled back, all the way back down to 375. 375 is important. Reinforce it on your sticky note. We're moving along. Again, same deal. Pause the video. Read all this stuff. There's learnable information in here. Teachable information in here. All the numbers you need, all the information you need to be involved in the market in the S&P 500 in any way, shape, or form you like during the trading day. Remember, this is a morning business. Once the afternoon comes along, things quiet down. They get in a chop shop formation. The computers take over. They trade in a range. And the trading is, well, I say mush. There are trades in the afternoon, but when time is running out on the clock, you're taking undue risk because now you have to make a decision. If you're in the hole in a trade and you're running out of time on the day, did you just turn a day trade into a swing trade that you didn't intend to and potentially a long-term investment? Or do you have to take a loss at the end of the day because you ran out of time on the clock? That's why taking a trade in the afternoon is a different story than taking a trade in the morning. This is primarily a 90-minute to a two-hour business, period, full stop. 90% of the business you do in the market is going to be done before 11 o'clock a.m. Stocks on the move today. We had a pretty healthy list up on the board. Eight potential opportunities. Five hit their entry objectives. We're going to take a look at all five charts. Dow, FCX, COP, CPE, and DVN. The ones that don't hit, BTU, JKS, and HP, they're off the board. There are no trades. We only want trades at my numbers or our numbers, not somebody else's numbers. It's kind of like buying a used textbook. It already has all pages highlighted and stuff. Well, guess what? How do you know that wasn't a highlighting maniac? You want your own information, not somebody else's. First one, Dow. Haircut at the opening bell, 51.95 was the number posted early. They came into the number, they bounced away from it, they gave you the base hit, and then they fluttered around for the morning session, making another attempt to rally in the afternoon. The trade is over in the morning. Remember, base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. FCX, haircut at the opening bell, 31.76 was the spot, fluttered around a little bit, finally gave you the base hit, bantered back and forth around the number for most of the day. The numbers work. Now check this one out. ConocoPhillips, COP, haircut at the opening bell, three numbers on the board, but they opened below two of them, so technically they're off the board. But I just wanted to leave them on to show you the importance of the numbers. Look what happened after they came into the first number. 91.85 was really the only number on the board after the opening bell. This one doesn't count because they opened below it, and this one doesn't count because they opened below it 94.88, but look where they did. They went right back to run a test of that first number. The numbers are important. The numbers work. Now look at this one with the only number that was active after the opening bell, 91.85. Minutes later, they're at a high of $95. You don't know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. CPE, haircut at the opening bell, 4403 was the number. 
They went back and forth. They did the Macarena in front of the number, but they ultimately did the number. They bounced. They provided more than the minimum required base hit and then came back to pay another visit or run a test of the same important number. And you got it. The numbers work. Devin Energy, need I say more? Haircut at the opening bell, 5618. Rocket ride away from it, and you know the rest. We've got something for everybody. S&P 500 using any vehicle you want. We have stocks on the move posted every single day. We're in the numbers business. How about Camp IWM? What's going on over there? Well, at the end of the day, after a rally attempt, after a little bit lower, what are they? They're down 39 cents on the day. It's hard to make a federal case out of that. The chart looks very similar to the S&P 500. They're either going to go down and make new lows, or they're going to go sideways and try another rally attempt. Now, keep in mind something else. Remember, umpire calling balls and strikes. So the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. Let's think for a second what happened, and then let's think for a second what didn't happen. What didn't happen is they did not, yesterday or today, fill the gap up above. Where's that gap? Right here. Closing price, 171.86. They didn't fill it yesterday, and they didn't even make a new high from yesterday today. So the IWM is weaker. We talked about the lack of relative strength. We talked about relative weakness. We talked about this yesterday. We're seeing it again today. The IWM has relative weakness against the S&P, or it's not as strong. Any way you want to look at it, it's my favorite market-leading indicator. You have to take heed. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's the bearish case. Then what do we have? Well, we have the folks down at the transportation department. They're near the lows. They're my second favorite market-leading indicator, down over 1% today. So my favorite market-leading indicator, the IWM, relative weakness. Transports, relative weakness. What are these two markets telling us? Beware of the rug pull. What's the rug pull? It's a technical term for opening the trap door, pulling the rug out, sending price down once again, what about the Q people? Looks very similar to the SPY. It's kind of a nothing day, down two-tenths of 1%. You can't make a federal case out of that. It basically was a nothing burger day after the big move higher yesterday. So maybe they just ate some time off the clock, hence the same discussion we had before on the S&P. XLF, they ran another test of 31, went back up a little bit, finished down on the day. Again, 10 cents. Can't make a federal case out of this particular activity. So we'll just move it along. What about Smash Mouth? Well, similar to the IWM and the transports, think about this one. Again, same look where they didn't fill the gap and they have relative weakness against the S&P. Now, Smash Mouth, SMH, Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Proxy, is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole, just like the transports are a good proxy for the economy and they kind of lead the market, if you will, at least in my estimation, same deal over at Smash Mouth. They kind of lead the tech sector. So you've got relative weakness in Smash Mouth, relative weakness in my two favorite market leading indicators. These are puzzle pieces. Put this stuff on a sticky note. 
If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.